Hey everybody, we're trying to wake Erica up here and do another episode of The Yamcast. The Yamcast. So I'm Chris. And I'm Erica. And what do we do in this podcast, Erica? Well, we really love young adults. And yep. so this is all about young adult ministry. So if you are here looking for vegetable talk, that is not going to be here. Correct. Here we go through the Bible and talk about things that are pertinent to young adults. Right. Yam is Young Adult Ministry Podcast. Cram it all together. Yamcast. You can reach us, yamcastpod at gmail.com or the socius. I'm so cool. So cool. Don't you think so? <laughs> no, she doesn't. I can tell she doesn't. That's my nervous laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I doing this with him? These are good questions, Erica. These are... They are always valid questions to ask. So we're on another monthly five. We are back on track. I don't know that we ever really lost track. Well, we did our we February, did our things. Januarys and Februarys, and our, you know, <laughs> so yeah. But we're back on track. It's in the eye of the beholder. I'm convinced <laughs> we were on track the whole time. So yeah, we're on track. Yep, we're on track. Just <laughs> so, nod and smile. So we're in March 2021 as, as of this recording. And uh, we're going to talk about the stuff, the five things. Yeah. What we're, so, what we're reading, listening to, learning, watching, and what's on our heart. Yeah. We came up with these five questions probably last summer. Yeah, I think so. Before things. Was it almost a year ago, actually? It might have been. It might have been. Wow. Should go back and look. We've actually done it. We've kept with it. Yeah. That's exciting. Makes me feel accomplished. It's probably the longest commitment I've ever had. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is officially the longest commitment. No, you went to college for four years. I'm totally kidding. The same college. Yes. So yes. see, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I love how you had to find something <laughs> oh, to prove that that was false. Because you're like, that's really sad. We can't have that be true. <laughs> so what are you reading? So I started a novel. You write, you're writing called, a novel? Oh, no. No. I'm just kidding. No. You're reading a novel. Reading. Yes. yes. This isn't what you, what are you writing? This is. I'm aware, writing? but you said. Which maybe uh, we should do that. I started sometime. a novel. What, are, what am I writing? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have anything. You'd have they, things. I don't know that anyone cares. Um, what you're writing? Correct. So the book that I started is called My Dark Vanessa by Ooh. Kate Elizabeth Rush Russell. Now, Is that related to Carrie Russell? Probably not. Okay. But who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Um, so my last book was a lot more lighthearted than I feel like this one's going to be. I'm not super far into this one, and I'm already like, oh, this is going to be... A lot. Jillian Flynn actually is like one of the spokespeople. On, she has like a quote on the front, you know, adver like advocating for the book or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she writes some twisted books. And so I'm like, oh, golly, is this going to be kind of a twisted book? I mean, it's about inappropriate relations between teachers and students and kind of explaining why they might not come out and tell the truth until like years and years later. Once again, I'm only a small portion in but i'm like the face that chris is I giving am, me i, I know and i'm like oh i'm probably gonna need you know something light and fluffy after this so anyways we'll see we'll see if i make it through i don't know sometimes i stop books because i just can't go there so we'll see 
Let me just say, in fairness to the book, it is called My Dark Vanessa. I know. I I said. So if there's any part of you that was like, oh, this is going to be a lighthearted experience, (laughs) you were wrong. I know. I said that to Aaron, and Aaron was like, well, look at the title. It doesn't seem like it's going to be super nice. And I was like, yeah, that's true. I should have thought of that. That's a wise man that you married. (laughs) What are you reading these days? Uh, So the lightest thing I'm reading right now is called... The Messianic Theology of the New Testament by Joshua Jip. <laughs> he was one of my professors in uh, college. He is, I think, going to be one of the loudest voices in the Christology department hmm. as, as years go on. I, I'm, I really appreciate him. I liked his classes. I like the way that he structures things. Uh, his first few books have been really pivotal for me and, oh, hel- okay. and really helpful. So um, I'm reading this one because I'm trying to, I'm going to use it in my, my paper that I'm writing in May. So I'm on sabbatical. We haven't talked about this yet in the podcast per mm-hmm. se, but May, June, and July, I'm on sabbatical. And one of the projects, one of the projects I'm going to work on is actually like something for my major project that's going to end my doctorate. And so this book is going to help contribute to that. Uh, it is not light. It's very heady, a lot of Greek. I imagine. It's good though. Very, very good. And uh, I think I'm not very far into it. I will be done with it in the next couple of weeks. But part of what I'm struggling with is my paper and the direction I'm going to take my doctorate has something to do with what we talked about way back in the beginning of this podcast and some of the judges stuff and all that Mm. kind of junk going on. So I'm reading this and noticing that, that there's some absent pieces of information that I'm convinced need to be a part of the gospel presentation. That's basically the argument that I'm making in my paper. Okay. So it's, it's helping confirm where I'm at. It's also really, really good. It's a good book, but it's also, in my opinion, missing a chapter that I think would be important. So I'll give him a chance to see how, where it goes. But I, you know, to, spoiler alert, I haven't read a ton of books on the messianic profile that describe demon mm. and why, why it's important that the Messiah is able to cast out demons. So that's part of what uh, my, my final project's going to deal with and our lack of conversation in the evangelical world of that um, is part of what I'm going to deal with. So so also influenced by Dr. Michael Heiser a little bit, huh? Yeah, Heiser, and then, but even Heiser would say he's just pulling details together. So the other things that I'm reading are all a bunch of articles, journal articles that are really heady and nobody wants to read. Yeah. Uh, but I've got dozens of those that I'm, I'm sifting through, highlighting things, picking parts, and I'm, I'm basically just building my case of why it's important and why it shouldn't be lacking in our mm-hmm. preaching and in our, our overall uh, discipleship plan is pretty much where I'm going. So Yeah, that sounds good. So we'll see if it's any good, but for the, for the moment, that's what I'm doing. All right, what are you listening to these days? Um, I'm preparing to listen to the Cubs. Play, I know. Where's play their baseball. When's their opening day? It's April first, I think. Or I second. heard Hendricks. Yeah, oh yeah. Is going to be the starter. There, there really was no doubt. They, oh, they okay. traded almost everyone else away. So there's. So are you hopeful for this season? I'm curious. Okay. I, I don't. I'm not convinced they're going to be good, but. Because like, who all is still there? I mean, there's some newcomers that seem to be really good at. Yeah. Hitting the ball. They're good at baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those new guys can really hit the ball. Yeah, Nico Horner's going to be phenomenal. And, uh, you Who's know. There's a different guy. I don't remember his name. He had like two the other day. 
Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not remembering the name right now. Yeah, because his yeah his. There's Instagram a few guys that they picked up that are not from the farm system that are going to be quite good. Yeah. Yeah, they still got Bryant. They still got Rizzo. Okay. Um. Yeah. And then you've still got, got Grandpa Rossi doing the yeah no it the managing. It's gonna be a season. It's gonna be fun. It'll be interesting. And uh, I'm hoping. I, I think this is it. If fans they don't, can get back if in. If they don't do well, people are gone. Middle season. You think? Oh, I think the trade deadline this year could be very bloody for the Cubs. Okay. So, but no, they got twenty percent of people in the stands. That's what Chicago agreed to. So okay. that's what we're going to start with. St. Louis did thirty percent. All the Texas stadiums did a hundred percent. You're also allowed to bring a full, fully loaded revolver into the stadium if you want to. No, I'm just kidding. In Texas, I don't think there's any rules in Texas. They can do whatever they want. Um, but yeah, no, I'm so I'm not listening to the Cubs yet, but I'm preparing to. Yes. Uh, yeah. But then just my normal podcasts. And if you're not listening to the Bible Project podcast right now, the last couple of months, what they've done with priests and what they've done with um, just some of the image of God stuff that they're pulling together and pulling really well. There was a great uh, podcast they did a couple of weeks ago. Um, asking if the church supersedes Judaism or, mm, or okay. you know, mm-hmm. the the Jewish pe- people, basically. Uh, and it was good. So, no, there's some really, really good stuff going on as far as the podcasts go. I mean, I've really enjoyed using their reading plan yeah. for what oh, we're yeah. doing this year. Like, I've really enjoyed those videos. I mean, good. what's hard with their videos is there's just so much in them that I'm like, a lot of it's gone by the by totally. b- by the end of it. But they're really good. And at least if I can take little nuggets every once in a while. But it's good to have those overviews of the book and whatnot. Right. So. Well, and that's actually where the podcast comes in. I don't know if you knew this, but what John and Tim do is they sit down and they do the podcast together. Now they've asked, added Carissa. And what they do is they sit down and they talk about a thing for six, seven hours, and then they make it a five-minute video. Mm, okay. So what, the, what you're seeing in the videos is the distilled version of the podcast. By the time they've worked through the whole concept, John has helped Tim think, this is how we want to teach it. This is what we want to do. So, And now they've added a, a really good voice. Carissa Quinn is her name. She's a scholar. Mm. It's solid. It's good stuff. So Sounds good. Yeah. So go listen to them. Um, and then you know, if you're a Cub fan, get ready. For the weirdest season. Because what did you say? Like April, the beginning of April? I think it's April 1st. Could be 2nd. Okay. I, I don't ever know that closely. It's, okay. So next week? Yeah. Yeah. Like as we're, re- as we're recording this, mm-hmm. we're probably a week away from baseball. What are you listening to? So I really enjoy two things on my Spotify account. They have something that's called Weekly, uh, Discover Weekly, and okay. they have another thing called Release Radar. And these are both... If you use Spotify, they are specific to you. So you get like new playlists every week based on things that you've listened to. So with the Discover Weekly, it is, it's just like discover new things. Release Radar is new stuff that's come out that you might be interested in. So Hmm. the Release Radar comes out on Fridays. The Discover Weekly comes out on Mondays. And I just, I like those because I like mixes yeah i mean it brings me back to you know the good old days of mixtapes and making your mix cds and whatnot but just wanting variety and i love new stuff too i love listening to Mm -hmm. and discovering new new to me music and so the only hard part is if you've just listened to hamilton for a long time and then all you end up getting is like all of these different musicals (laughs) that you're like i don't really care about that so then you kind of have to listen to other things to 
yeah. make it a little more diverse. But To break up the algorithm, you actually yes. have to add different data. Yes. Because I remember, yeah, after listening to that for a while, it was like, why am I getting all of these musical? Oh, that's why. Because that's all I so, listened to for a while. So Discover Weekly and Release Radar. Mm-hmm. So is this, do you have to have a Spotify account that you pay for to do this? Or do you know? I don't. I mean, I, I do have one that I pay for. Okay. Um, it's ten dollars a month, and you can listen. To, I mean, that's how I listen to my podcast. That's yeah, how yeah, I listen yeah. To everything. So, um, but I believe that it's just there if you have any account. I think. But that's really really cool. Yeah, you just you search it. If you don't already have it, you just search it, and you can find it for yourself. All right. And it's and it's specific to you, so it's kind of a cool, a cool thing. Hmm. No, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. So. Uh, that's what you're listening to. I am. What are you learning? So, and I've talked about this a little bit too, just how my life has changed with being super involved in things and not like not being very involved in things and just really learning that quality over quantity is is really what we're all after in any in every area of life, right? right. Like with your clothes, you want quality over quantity. With your friends, you want quality over quantity. Like with everything, you really do want quality over quantity. And Unless you're a dad, you want quantity, just quantity of clothes. <laughs> just quantity. You're not leaving the house and dressed in that. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Oh, like, okay. I, I'm just, I'm kidding. Quantity of amount of material covering. I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> I see what you're saying. <laughs> you want your daughters to be fully clothed. Yeah. So in the area of quality over quantity... I used to have a number of individuals that I felt like I was pouring into or discipling. Mm -hmm. And now I'm really focusing on just like one or two and really just learning that that's okay. Not, not just that that's okay, but that needs to be okay for the stage of life that I'm in. Yes. Like I'm not single or even just dating where your schedule is far more flexible. Um, I have, other demands on my time and that needs to be okay that yeah my discipleship changes a little bit so mm-hmm. just realizing and learning that that is okay right that doesn't make it any less that it doesn't make it yeah that my impact isn't less or whatever right because that's one of yeah my things is feeling like i need to have an impact and so even just one or two is fine yeah no that's good advice yeah, might be convicting me a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> as I hear you say it. What about you? What uh, are, you are you right now learning the same thing? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm learning quality <laughs> over quantity. <laughs> no, I, I think the biggest thing uh, for me that I'm learning is, I don't know how to put it on, on this podcast. I'm not wrong. <laughs> I know, right? It's not that's uh, that could sound really arrogant or prideful. I don't mean that. I just mean for the last two and a half years, I have been studying a certain framework concept. Something was introduced to me. It was very interesting to me, and I went full bore and dove into it. Mm-hmm. And I started just digging and learning and processing and thinking and reading and reading and reading. And it confirmed for me a lot of the things that I have always thought, but I didn't know how to put words on Mm. it. And lo and behold, there's a whole school of scholarship out there having this conversation. 
And so it kind of comes back to the doctorate thing that I was talking about a little bit ago. But, you know, when I was a kid, we had a couple of different experiences with with the demonic in different ways. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it shaped my faith and it shaped the way I kind of think and, and act. I've always seen, uh, you know, faith or, or my vocation as more of a war, mm. being a part of a war mm-hmm. as opposed to just make the people happy on Sunday morning and they'll come back. You know, like I don't – so I've always struggled with – mega churches. I've always struggled with individuals who come to me and say things like, what are we going to do to bring people in the doors? You know, like if, yeah. if somebody says something to me like that, I'm just like, what What are you talking about? Uh, and then I have friends on the other side who are reformed, very reformed, who would say, well, God's church is going to be brought by God's church when he's ready for it to happen. So we don't really need to do anything. We'll mm. just sit back and do nothing. And I've always felt like there's a struggle there in the middle of those two things. And then for a while, you know, in school, you're told you have to pick one side or the other, or you have to do this and that. And and I've never really bought into any of that. I've liked to just camp in the middle with a lot of these major theological discussions. And I've never been comfortable with a lot of systems. And I've never been comfortable with seeing God uh, as completely impersonal. Or I've never really been comfortable seeing God as just handing it all over to us and like, do what you're going to do. He's more involved in that. And so I always just kind of struggle with how to say that, how to experience it, how to think about it. And a lot of the scholarship I've been reading and spending time with the last, you know, two and a half years has been really helpful in putting new parameters on it. And so all that to say, what I'm learning is I'm not crazy. I'm not wrong. Mm -hmm. Like I... And it's actually solidifying my faith and solidifying how I want to, how I want to disciple people. So my next stage, you know, in the next couple of years is going to be putting some anchors there and then adding that to it, you know, because mm-hmm. I've taught people through the life of Christ. How many times, you know, like I've, I've done, I don't know, probably 10 discipleship, either groups or individuals where we just walk through the life of Christ. And the last couple of times I've walked through the life of Christ in chronological order I'm noticing more and more how much he's in charge of the demonic and some of these other things. And we just sort of don't talk about that in America. Mm -hmm. We don't really deal with it. So I'm not crazy. uh, Even though some people have looked at me like, you believe what, you know, even some of the podcast episodes that we put out in the beginning of this, I had people coming to me like, I really like what you're saying. Did you just say this though? And I'm like, no, I didn't say that. Like that would be crazy. That's not what I'm saying. But so I've been able to define it. And this podcast has helped. Our college group, young adult group, mm-hmm. has helped a little bit. Um, but I, yeah, I'm excited about about what's next. Sounds good. So we'll see yeah. if it, we'll see if it materializes. But that's yeah. what I, that's what I'm learning. I'm not crazy. Not it's always wrong. good I'm feeling. Not wrong. To know you're not crazy. Yeah, yeah. Don't tie me up in a vest and shove me in a padded room. <laughs> uh, okay, what are you watching? So. I have been watching a lot of reels. What? What are, what are reels? So reels. Are like real? Get real, bro? <laughs> these are super no. real? No. No. So these are on Instagram. What is that? No. Stop <laughs> that. Um, they are short. I don't even know how long the videos are. I should know because I've watched enough of them. They're probably like 30 seconds, 15 seconds. I don't know. Um, it's basically Instagram's version of tiktok which is stop (laughs) (laughs) your daughters have been doing the dances you know so i'm too aware yeah right unfortunately so yeah it's basically instagram is like oh we've got to figure out how to uh compete with tiktok and they created reels and so it's 
And what's hard is it's just like any social media where you just scroll and you just keep watching and keep watching. And then you're like, oh, a half an hour has gone by. That was a complete waste of time. So anyways, that's been a waste of time. But a TV show that I really do enjoy watching, it's been on for like 14 seasons or something. That's a lot of seasons. It is. It's called Heartland. Yes. Actually, uh, yeah? Yeah. The horse show? I know of it. Okay. I've not watched it. Yeah. It's um, it's actually a Canadian show, and it is about horses, and I don't really care that much about horses, but obviously, Heartland is the ranch, and so you get to know the, the family and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. and so... It's um, very PG, just, yeah, lighthearted. I mean, they have serious things that happen, but it's not, you can watch it with your fam. It's great. It's a good show. I always enjoy that show. So right now, I think they had season 12 and 13 come on Netflix, so. Holy cow. That's a lot of seasons. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's Canada's longest running show. <laughs> I might be lying on that, but I'm pretty sure that it's true. Because, yeah, they're filming 14 right now, I think. So. Oh, that's awesome. Canada's. No, not BC. It takes place in Alberta. Canada's longest running show. I think. No, we'll we'll just claim that that's true. I'm pretty sure that's true. Something to be proud of there, Heartland. Well, I think what is our. Fight the good fight. It's the Simpsons. Yeah. By by a lot. By, yeah. They are 700 episodes. Never age. As of a couple weeks ago. Well, that that is true. They're literally (laughs) still the same size. And they've created such iconic voices that even if a voice character retires or steps back, they can pretty much make it put another person in that spot. Mm. And there's enough recording of it all that I think they could just splice it, pull old episodes and put it all together. Yeah, 700 episodes of one television show, The Simpsons. Yep. Wow. What are you watching these days? Uh, I am watching junk on Netflix, as usual. (laughs) The truth. But the other night, we went out to the theater. My girls and I, we went to Raya and the Last Dragon. And I watched a video right before this podcast on how to pronounce that name correctly. We had a bit was of was it Raya? It's Raya. Yeah. Is that what they said? Was it Raya? Or Raya. I think it's Raya. Is it Raya? I thought it was Raya that they. It said. is. You're right. Yeah. So I totally got it wrong. Because I would want to say Raya. That's what I think it should be, but I'm not in charge. And uh, and it's not your name, so. Well, it's not her name either. So she's they get a, to choose. She's a cartoon character. They get to choose, Chris. And it's cool. It's not a story that's I've never heard mm. of it. So I think I think it's original. I don't know if they you know because typically they take a old story and they yeah, steal like it make it their like own a, yeah. you know, like little mermaid yeah just avoid all the blood and the weirdness yeah, I was gonna and the say, difficulty these, and get real let's make it twisted. really clean and fun and uh yeah but so raya raya so tell me about the experience at the theater oh it's so good did you, you get like popcorn and everything yeah we did popcorn we did uh pretzels they brought pretzels Golly, back both girls so got good. an icy and, oh. I, and i got a I think it's just like a Diet Coke or something. Oh, I didn't know I Powerade Zero. I wanted to not drink pop. Okay. Powerade. It's been a long time. I tried just water, which seems ridiculous. Why would you spend any money on water? But the thing comes with all the combo or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the water was like brown. I think it's just like Diet Coke infused water. Oh. And I'd looked so at it. So they, it's right by the Diet, yeah. Well, it's one of those coke machines where you push oh, the buttons okay 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 yeah which yeah, i hate those. those things really i hate those things oh, so much I, you get so many options that's the problem because oh, there's so I many love options it. i'm always like Ooh, what, am I, what am i gonna get next nothing works correctly 
<laughs> That's true. I pushed the water thing. It was coming out clear. I stuck my cup underneath there and it's brown. <laughs> so I like, dumped, so I dumped it, put more ice in it, Powerade zero. Anyway, uh, as long as you're eating or drinking, you don't have to have your mask on in the theater. So just do that the whole time. So that's how we do the whole time. <laughs> we were also like one of five people in the whole theater, which is great. So we were three of the five people in the whole theater. Yeah. So it's, yeah. But no, it's a, it's a oh, cute I, I movie. theaters. What I loved about it was coming home. This is where I'm at with my kids. Uh, and shout out to the girls. What's up, Eden and Dylan? Uh, they were texting me while we were recording the last episode and they mm-hmm. kept saying, do a shout out. Tell us, tell everyone how much they love, how much we love the episodes <laughs> and we love the Amcast. Uh, so shout out to the girls on our way home. They both said that the movie felt kind of biblical, but not, not quite. Hmm. And it was an awesome theological discussion. Just what, what matched, what didn't. And they're like, well, there's, you know, there's the element of humility and surrender, which is beautiful but it was all reliant upon a person as opposed to on God. And I'm like, that is so awesome. So uh, it was kind of cool. Yeah, we're having some really cool conversations like that. And I like being a dad of teenage girls, even though I only have one teenager, if you follow what I'm saying. Hmm. Hmm. The fun. Yeah. And I'm excited because our theater will open, it's supposed to, on the 25th of next month. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm not sure why they've been so late in the game. I'm wondering if it's just a a classic cinemas thing. Maybe I've heard from a number of employers in our town here and elsewhere. See, I live between this town and the large town in Northern Illinois. That's not Chicago. There's right outside of Chicago. There's Rockford. So I live between Rockford and Freeport. So I can go to the Rockford theater and it's just as far as driving into Freeport. Mm -hmm. But I'm hearing from a number of folks that their employers would like to bring people back, but people aren't wanting to come back because they're making more money collecting unemployment mm. than they would if they were working. I know. I'm, I, it's, I, yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if classic cinemas is one of those, but I'm just trying to. Well, and I know they really, cause they did try to come back last yes. year and they, but they only, they didn't have, there was no move. There were no new mu- movies out. Correct. Whoa. Speaking is difficult right now. So which they is, just were which playing. Which is tough when you're, when I know, you're right? a podcast. So they were playing old movies, and I just don't think they were getting enough people in. So I think they were, I, there's probably that thinks they were waiting until there's going to be more movies. But I, it, I mean, I was shocked when I found out that people were making more on unemployment basically than I make. And I'm like, that's not, that do, doesn't seem right. It seemed like a good idea at the time. It doesn't it always. Uh, but I don't know that it has worked out the way that people thought it would, which, again, is hugely surprising. Such as when you offer more money to a hospital to have a COVID patient than not, things get a little weird. So that just I didn't mean to go that direction, but there's a little bit of weirdness with some of that. So I am glad that the theater is going to come back. Mm-hmm. It'll be good. And, it, and I'm not trying to rush us to normal, but I do want normal as quick as, as some, some things, we yeah. can. Because I think that's the thing is also is there are some things that can resume almost to normal. Yeah. And we just haven't. And I think you still can very safely. So the amount of cases locally and nationwide are so low right now that it's not the craziest idea to to try things out and see how we're doing. Mm-hmm. But I think and rightfully so. I think everyone's that's that's in a position of power is a little nervous about being on the hook for a number of lives being lost because of their decisions. Um, But part of being a human is taking some risk in being alive. Mm -hmm. 
So leave, <laughs> leave that where it's at. All right. All righty. So, Chris, what's been on your heart? Uh, I'm just going to be real, right? Not the reels. <laughs> for reels. Yeah, but for reels. So what's on my heart, I, I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous about the idea of sabbatical. Mm. It, it doesn't sound as appealing to me as it might to some people. I think some people are thinking three months of not having to work. That sounds amazing. It terrifies me, uh, partly because I have never not worked really since I was like 11 years old. I've worked in some regard. So that'll probably be good for me to not force myself to work for that little bit. But I'm nervous about it. I'm also nervous about uh, some of what I hear happens in your heart as a pastor when you suddenly don't have people calling you and talking mm. to you. Um, so yeah, I'm just a, I'm a little apprehensive about it. And yeah, that's, I, it's on my heart. It's not what I'm I'm not like dwelling on it. I'm not like constantly thinking about it. But when I think about it, sabbatical and people bring it up all the time because we're you know a little more than a month out. They say, aren't you so excited? And I'm like, yes, I'm grateful for the opportunity. But quite honestly, I'm like, not sure what to think of it. Mm -hmm. So, and I've done ministry now for 20, yeah, 20 years, whether it's volunteer, intern or pastor. So imagine 20 years of something and then you have a three month, no think about it zone. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. What's on your heart? So it kind of goes with a lot of the things that we've been talking about in the past. But, you know, it's just being hard for us as white people to understand that just because our motives were maybe not malicious does not mean that what we did or were a part of was right. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, I can use... Like Or I shouldn't say I, but we can use the ignorant card for only so long until that's not true anymore. You know, like you can't just keep throwing that card out. Right. We need to listen and, and really educate ourselves. And this kind of came up again. I, As we've talked about before, I watched The Bachelor this year. And I don't usually watch The Bachelor, but I was very intrigued because Matt James was the first black bachelor. And I was, I've watched him during quarantine with people and I was like he just seems like a cool guy I would like to watch this and see how this all pans out for him well spoiler alert it doesn't really pan out very well for him no it's totally ruined for me god no (laughs) anyways so so watching the bachelor finale Matt as I said was a black man he chose Rachel who is a southern white woman all of that is important I'm not just throwing those out there for no reason I know sometimes we can say like, oh, why does race have to, but it really does. So, so well, so they, since filming, a few pictures came out of Rachel from her past, like three years ago, where she was at an antebellum party. And so for the most, for the majority of us, when we hear antebellum, we think of the band, like Lady Antebellum, who, who actually has changed, changed their who name. changed their name. Yep. Because of educating themselves, yep. right? Because antebellum like just means before the war. But when we use it in America, it's usually – it's referring to before the Civil War. Specifically in the South. Yes. And so if you're a country music artist or if you're someone from the South, when you're using the word antebellum, you're talking about a very specific war that you're you're bringing up. Yeah. And so for her, because that was when she – so she was 24 on the show three years ago. So she was 20, 21 years old. 
For her, that meant wearing southern 1800s dresses and such and um, is, is what I imagine. That's like all probably that crossed her mind. Right. Right. But antebellum, as we said, means before the Civil War. And so for a black person, like that's really problematic because before the Civil War, that was slave slavery and it was largely OK. Mm-hmm. And it's not and it's and it's basically to as a black person, from what I'm understanding, because I I'm not right. Like, right. Um, it's celebrating them being property and and whatnot. And I do understand that Rachel's intent was not to celebrate that. Everybody that's been on the show has said she is a good person. We don't believe that she was being malicious. Um, but because we do not ask questions or we just go along with what's been going on for ages, we get caught in these scenarios. And then we're like, oh, crap. That wasn't what I was intending. And now it's being taken that way. And then we end up, yeah, like she didn't think those things through, obviously. She never asked. And she even says, she's like, I didn't ask questions. I didn't any of those things. And now she's in a place where she's having to apologize. She's having to educate herself. Her and Matt actually have broken up, which is makes sense. He's like, I don't want to date somebody that also have to educate on why those things are problematic like that. And also she kind of struggled to understand that stuff in the beginning, too. And um, so. I think what also just we need to make sure we're doing is we're actually listening and not just defending ourselves Mm -hmm. because I think that's what ends up happening too. We want them to know that we were not being malicious. And it's like, that's not the point. They actually probably know that, but you just need to listen as to why it was wrong. Nod, nod, nod. Yes. And I think part of the problem with this particular circumstance is we use phrases like antebellum for the party as opposed to some other name. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So wearing 1800s dresses and celebrating the finer things in life is not crazy, nor is it terrible. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If you were in England and you were celebrating, you know, powdered wigs and fancy dresses and stuff, you could do that. And it wouldn't be a thing. When the event is called an antebellum event, you are intentionally saying this is the way things were before the war. And we're celebrating that. Yeah. Which is a little difficult for a lot of people to handle. Uh, So even if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, that's just you're making a big deal out of nothing. We part of discipleship is is looking at the other person and trying to see the world through their shoes or through their eyes. Empathy. Right? Not through shoes. Right? That's hard through, to see. Through, through your shoes. shoes. In, their, in their, through shoes, their shoes, through their eyes. Yep. Empathy and humility. Mm. This does not even mean that you have to never do anything. That's not what we're saying. But there's a part of this that you have to... Think through it. Stop and go, I wonder why this is named that. And I wonder why this is this way. And this is something that this is one of the hardest parts about this entire conversation for people, specifically white folks, to understand is we we don't ever have to think that way, so we just don't. Whereas some of the things that we're putting people through, we are intentionally putting them in a position where they do have to think a way about us, and that's just not right, nor mm-hmm. is it fair, 
nor is it really gospel thinking. So some people are saying right now, you know, we're not social justice warriors. We should put the gospel first. I think putting the gospel first makes us social yes. justice warriors, not in the sense of fighting for some of the things that some of the movements are progressively a- a- aiming for. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those things are just wrong. We don't have to. Uh, we don't have to abide by the entire thing to say I'm going to go do this yeah. and be a part of this. But for us to be mindful and thoughtful and processing and humble and ready to have those questions, that's a good thing to have on your heart. So, because yeah, I think what you had said about as white people, we don't have to think about those things is so, and, and that's that privilege. Like that's we, that we just don't, don't even have to think about those things. And for us to be educated so that we can actually start as being advocates and like right. educating other people because like, and I've talked about Carlos Whitaker on here before, but yeah. he had an incident and a, in an airport recently and like he told the guy like I'm not videoing because I want the scoop I'm videoing because he's being treated unfairly and I want to make sure he gets on the flight like you don't have to video he's like I wish I didn't have to video right and the guy and I mean when he was done explaining it the guy was like that makes a lot of sense and I'm really sorry and he was like I don't in I he's like it's exhausting educating people but like I also feel like I have to and how great would it be if we as white people started educating so that they didn't have to? Do you know? Like, Yes. It's just so – but we, it is hard, too, because we, we need to educate ourselves so that we can educate correctly. And, I mean, it's also sad that the people who are saying, why are you making a big deal out of it, I can almost guarantee that they're white. Usually. And the amount of people that are maybe freaking out, even as this line of thinking is, is mm-hmm. being said here – Please don't stop listening. If you go back and listen to a bunch of the other stuff that we've talked about, you'll start to see our heart in this. But my eyes were really opened when I was in college and I was working for various places in Chicago trying to just make ends meet while going to college as a white college student Mm -hmm. in Chicago. And I just started realizing that I just think in a way that's not helpful and I needed to start thinking differently. So this process started for me way back when, and some of the local some of the local conversations we've had. I'm trying to think of how to say this just right. I'm not talking about, you know, some of the crazier things that I've heard people express. But if I've had conversations with folks that I just say, "Hey, did you realize that this this pastor locally or this pastor's son, who's a really good kid and a really good guy, was followed all the way to their house?" And as he put the garage code in, they then rang the doorbell and, and wanted to talk to him because they didn't believe that he should be in the neighborhood that he was in. And that's in Freeport. Like mm-hmm. that's not, we're not talking about inner city, you know, craziness. We're not talking about, and, and even that is is sometimes framing it in a way that is just not a helpful conversation. You know what I'm saying? Even as I say yeah. inner city, I know that people are like, well, yeah, that's, even the fact that you're jumping there is yeah. just a place that you're able to go that you feel safe. And for, for me to start to realize those every single person th- that I meet is a human being and I need to treat them as such yeah. and make it less about race and more about loving that person in the gospel and then trying to see it through their eyes and walk in their shoes for a minute and realize I should just be more careful with how I say things or what I do, not because I should walk on eggshells, but I would do the same thing if I was talking to, you know, 
a, a kid that's passionate about video games, I would probably share the gospel differently with that kid than yeah. I would otherwise. So if I'm doing the same thing, if I'm trying to think from a gospel framework, I'm going to just step back from myself and realize, all right, how do I reach this person? What do I share with the gospel? And, and how do we get there? And that's where I like Carlos Whitaker's perspective on things. It's really mm-hmm. helpful. I like that he's aiming at it from a gospel perspective. Yeah. Not everybody in this conversation is. And, no. and so please understand, we're not even advocating for all of that craziness. Um, although change does need to happen at some point. Mm-hmm. I would love to live in a country where every single person who's born has access to the exact same type of life uh, and, and is able to overcome the same obstacles that, that I was fortunate enough to overcome. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and some of that's because of systems. Some of that's because I worked hard at it. It doesn't really matter how it all happened. It just matters that I had access to things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, well, there you go. Thanks for that, yep. Erica. <laughs> Share, on a sharing your heart and I know. busting the whole thing up. So, all righty. Well, folks, that's our March monthly five. Hope you enjoy. Bye. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Yamcast. You can check us out at yamcast.podbean.com or on any other podcasting apps like iTunes. We would love it if you'd leave us a review that is any number between four and a half and five stars. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer here on the podcast, you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. That is yamcastpod at gmail.com. If you'd like more information about us, you can check us out at parkhillschurch.com or on the App Store with the Park Hills Church app. We are also on Instagram, so give us a follow at the Yamcast. Yamcast.